There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about ice age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Honey Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, Chasing Bear. This is a difficult podcast for me to intro because I don't want to undersell it but I also don't want to oversell it. But I feel like that this is one of those podcasts that I'll probably remember forever. I had the opportunity to go to East Tennessee and to sit down with Mr. Roy Clark and some of his very close family. It was almost like a, a, a podcast with a live audience. Well, it was. There was a lot of people in the room. We had four guys on the podcast but Roy is a long-time, real-deal Appalachian bear hunter, and dog breeder, and houndsman. Roy is one of those guys that, that never sought for attention, and he's really the kind of person that I want to give attention to because of that reason. Roy is um, he's, he's the real deal. He's the real deal when it comes to Appalachian Mountain Bear Hunters. And 
I want to say that that he is just one of many. Sometimes in outdoor media, you just bump into people at the right time, and you develop friendships with people. He, to me, he represents uh, he represents Appalachian mountain bear hunters. Now, I could have just by chance bumped into somebody else because the names are countless, and all you hound hunters over there, you know people like Roy Clark, and so I don't want this to be like we're highlighting this guy it, 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 trying to make him a legend okay but he is a legend what I want this podcast to do is to let this peek into Roy Clark's life the way he's hunted the way he was the way he grew up the way the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters function let it be a representation of a lot of good things and positive hunting culture that's happening over in the Appalachians because there's a lot of great hunters, there's a lot of great dog breeders, a lot of all the different breeds, and a lot of great men, women, and families that have been in, been in bear hunting with hounds for generations. This is a special podcast, and we're breaking it into two podcasts. So this one is about an hour and a half long. The second one will be about an hour long. So Enjoy this podcast with my friend Roy Clark and the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters. We're continuing on this week with our giveaway with W Hunting Supply. You know, the guys at W are more than just a hound supply company. They truly, they're, they're an advocacy group. They're really standing up, putting their money where their mouth is, and they're good guys. It, if you're a houndsman, give them a look. Give them a look when you're when you're buying anything from Garmin products to collars to leashes to whatever you need inside of hound hunting. Uh, the, there's been we've sent out a gift card and T-shirt to uh, Jacob Griffin and Chase Durden. They've been our winners of the W Hound Supply uh, contest that we've been doing. And all you have to do is give our podcast a review on iTunes, take a screen clip, and send that to us whether it's through Instagram, Facebook, or email at info at bear-hunting.com to be entered. We can't send one to everybody, but we truly appreciate every review that we've gotten. And give the guys at W Hunting Supply a look for all anything you need with hounds. also want to say that uh, Kenny Whaley was not able to be in this podcast. Kenny Whaley's one of the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters. There was rumor that he was having a private meeting with Garmin, giving them some consultation and input about their 2021 Garmin line because Kenny is is known far and wide as the Garmin wizard of the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters. So sorry you couldn't make it, Kenny. And uh, hey, you're going to enjoy this podcast again with my friend Roy Clark. you until about 3 and 1 over there right beside the road at the park over there and uh, well save it now don't tell it right now <laughs> wait till the and cameras don't, don't tell it if it's going to get you in trouble with the law <laughs> no you said the iron knife we got more Matthew's that, right? three, Matthew's about 3 year old he's scared to death <laughs> uh, I put him I put him down the stump over there <laughs> and, yeah, you do. huh 
and and and, uh, and these people wanted to see a bear up a tree, and here they come across the top of that ridge and down through there, and here the bear come out of the tree, started down the tree, and his daddy and Sunshine started shooting, and uh, and they said it's still alive, son. Them two was coming over to see it up that tree, went back across that ridge, off in the road, and that man was in front of his his wife, and he went into the road and into his truck, and some of them said, you ought to help your wife. She said, he said, she's on her own. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was when Matthew was a little little kid. Is I, I that what you Matthew. Yeah, I was probably three or four. Yeah, yeah three or four year old. Yeah. He's well, hey, little anyway. That's a good place to, that's a good place to start. Um, <laughs> hey, we're in, uh, we're in Hartford, Tennessee. East Tennessee, Cock County, Tennessee. Is that right? That's right. And uh, I'm at uh, Roy Clark's house. And uh, we've got Scott Childress over here. We've got Matthew Rains. And we've got Josh. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself? Josh, introduce yourself. Josh Ford. Yeah. And, and how are you connected to Mr. Roy? Um, family friend, close neighbor, uh, grew up hunting with Roy, been hunting with Roy all my life. I'll be uh, 35 this year, and I'll be 35 years hunting with Roy Clark. So. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me some of your first memories are are uh, uh, just as a little kid, not just hunting memories, but memories right, in life. Were... started at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, early, early, some of the earliest memories I have, Clay, are um, you know, hunting with Roy or just hunting in general, um, yeah. but bear hunting, and uh, I'm fourth generation. Uh, my son now, he's a fifth generation bear hunter, so yeah, uh, just a, definitely a family thing for us around here. Yeah. Matthew? That's Matthew Raines. I've uh, been a uh, part of the family since I was little. Roy really helped raise me and his two mm-hmm. nephews when we was little. We hung out with him more than we probably did anybody, so yeah, I was uh, kind of grew up just just with him one of his boys yeah 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 he just lives right there you, see you just house. live right up yeah, the road. right you across the ridge oh is that right yeah. i didn't know that yeah why don't you hand those over to scott scott introduce yourself we're having to switch headsets around here a little bit we got a whole this is this is almost like a they do podcasts now where they do like live podcasts where there'll be an audience of people this is the closest thing that the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast has done to a live live audience. Live audience. Ooh. We got a we got <clears throat> we got people out here sitting around. Go ahead, Scott. That's it. I'm Scott Tillers. I say when did I first meet you? Ninety ninety nine or ninety? Ninety, I guess. It's over twenty six years ago, so yeah. I tell you. And, uh, <laughs> I'm married in the family and I got to bear hunting with Roy and and that's pretty much all I do is bear hunting yeah. with him. So you're you're Roy's son-in-law. That's correct. He can tell you a good yeah. tale while he's got yeah. that headset on. Which, which yeah. one's that? <laughs> the person you ever killed. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a real good tale. First one? Yeah, first mm-hmm. bear ever killed. Well, let's over, hear it. Over on the state line. Well, no, what on the state line? It was above the Orange Gate, wasn't it? We was over on the bluff, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't believe it's nobody hunting but me and you. Everybody left us. It's me and you. Uh. And we found an old cold bear track up there. They couldn't hardly smell. And uh, it was a uh, little snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, we turned to uh, Ann and Carl Leroy. and Leroy loose on it. 
And they was pecking around, pecking around, and wasn't going nowhere. And directly, uh, they come to us, and, and we went back up in there, uh, took them back up in there, and, and they fooled around and fooled around. And and finally, Ann and Carl come back to us, and Leroy was going on around the mountain when I were here, around the mountain. That, that's in in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He went into North Carolina, around the mountain. So we was on this side of the mountain, and we had to come all the way off the mountain, go all the way around the bluff, come back on the other side of the bluff, and when we got over there uh, where he's at, we stopped, and son, we could hear him every breathy draw coming around under us, around through there, and... Uh, so he was coming and a coming below the road. And I told Scott to get out in front of the truck and get, stay in front of the truck out through there, and I'd keep the dogs along. He'd come across the road, we'd throw them on him. Well, uh, he did. He got out through there. Well, I caught up with him out there. And, and I told him, go, go, go on around the road. So he went on around the road. And uh, next thing I know, I heard him shoot. <laughs> and uh, and I got out there, and he said he'd come up right between them two trees right there. Mm. And he said, I shot it. <laughs> and he said, I don't know what I've done to it or nothing. I said, well, he's quit barking, Scott. He ain't a barking. I said, you've, you've heard it. You've killed it. You've done something. And uh, I said, go down there and see. Go down there and see if you can find him. And... So off in there, Scott went down in there, and directly he hollered back. He said, it's dead. He said, I found him <laughs> down here. And uh, I went off in there to him, and he had him up in his arms and beating him in the side. Oh, yeah, sure I thought did. he was going to break his ribs and stuff. He's beating on him so hard, son. Now, he's tore up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that so, your was that your first yeah, first you, buyer ever killed? Yeah. Had you hunted with him before? Not though? much, no. if any. Yeah. That no, might have been the first hunting one on that show. Like that the second time. Yeah. Yeah, second time ever went. Well anyway. Yeah, I'd get Roger and them come We back couldn't get it again. out. We couldn't move it. So we had to call some boys that was hunting over on another mountain from us to come over there. And we actually got Ray Laws. Ray, and Roger, and Flash. Which was yeah. uh, Jamie's daddy-in-law now, but he's mm-hmm. dead, to come over to help us get it out of there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he did a nice boy bear, wasn't he? Yeah, probably what, two feet or a little bit. Something like that. Mm. Mm. Over 200 anyway. I thought that was a good deal. Yeah. Well, hey, l- before we dive in too deep, let me... So the people that are listening to this, some of them might be bear hunters with hounds. Some of them may have never, don't know anything about it, you know. And so you guys, just to give a little bit of context in, in, in who Roy is. So you guys uh, are the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters. That's kind of your, your the name of your, it's not really a hunting club. You can't. You can't really join the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters. You've kind of got to be invited in. Uh, and I pride myself on being a Laurel Mountain Bear Hunter. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> when I came in 2017, after three days, I got a hat. Scott gave me a hat, and I said, "And I said, okay, well, this is official then, right? 
I'm a Laurel mountain bear hunter, but no, I, I basically all the guys that hunt with you in your kennel name, that's what I'm getting at yeah. is that, uh, Roy is a longtime plot breeder and, uh, there's a ton of culture, a ton of history inside of, uh, and there's a lot of guys like you, Roy. I mean, there's, there's people scattered around that are, that have been breeding dogs for generations, not a lot few but but it's kind of a it's a thing for guys to breed bear dogs in these mountains and uh and so you've been so what we're going to talk about in this podcast a lot is uh and i want to hear roy's history and then and then i want to hear about the laurel mountain bear hunters too um or just you know some of your adventures well, I, and how you guys hunt and, mm-hmm. and different things but this is a unique culture over here though I don't think a lot of people even, you know, before I got Bear Hunting Magazine, I'm not even sure that I would have known that there was a hound bear season in Tennessee. I didn't, I didn't even know that. And then here is this like really strong, established bear hunting culture over here. And I, uh, I guess Mark told you you need to talk to us, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah, Mark Dufresne was the one who several years ago. Uh, you know, they wouldn't even, uh, you know, I had to, I had to get vetted before a committee before they would give me your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, these are doing a pretty good job in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, uh, so, so that's who Roy Clark is. Roy Clark is a, is a bear hunter, a houndsman and a dog breeder. Which now these boys know from the time they've been little bitty things and stuff that we've uh, bear hunted, and I don't know no times that we ain't kill bears. Do you? And I mean, just to be able to have dogs capable of killing bear every year, yeah, and staying up with dogs that can trail and jump bears is, is I don't know what you'd say it's good or or we're lucky one to other. Because we've had that, we we've been low sometimes, but we ain't never been without. Yeah, and we've had some of the a good of trail dogs, in my opinion, as you could own. Yeah, yeah. Josh, you described to me earlier a pretty good. You described this scenario pretty good. Do you remember how you said it? I want you to say it again. Just about how Mr. Roy grew up and things were tough. He developed the craft. Yeah, and then you yeah, younger so guys. We were talking as we rode up the road there, just uh, you know that we've been fortunate. My generation, Matthews, Shane, and Jordan, and Jared, and and all the guys that hunted with us, and Scott, and and even going back up to my dad and and Matthews' dad, mm-hmm. and some of those guys that we've been fortunate to grow up in a time when bears were plentiful, more so than when Roy and them started. Uh, but then you know, as Roy honed his craft on breeding and, and the dogs came to be and, and we came along, we paired together to form this just dynamite package where you had these eager young boys ready to go chase after the dogs and Roy doing all the, the work in the background. We And you said it, we were his legs. You know, yeah. we were the ones to go do it for him. And, yeah. uh, you know, to, to pair us all together like that, it just really was a dynamite package that we've, it's been a blast and something that we grew up uh, and uh, just, almost take it for granted i mean we we plan vacations around it we plan our whole lives around bear hunting with roy yeah you know and it really does take a big group of people to really have an effective unit doesn't it absolutely i mean the the dedication 
I'm going to say at least 10 years, if not longer, that we ain't fell killing under over 50, we've killed over 50 by a year to them dogs down there. And caught and, probably 100 or 100. Oh, oh yeah, catch more than that, yeah. but I'm just yeah. saying. And that's they, in multiple states. Multiple, and states, yeah. Canada, multiple countries. Yeah, yep. yep. But I mean, it's in the, in the four months hunting period that you're hunting, which is still a good, good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard uh, Roy, he tell multiple people, he says, I don't think there's a bear in this country. Once I get them dogs loose and them boys out here, that's going to get away from us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, boys. that's a. Well, it, it takes a, and this is what somebody that doesn't bear hunt might not know. And what I learned is that, first of all, you got to have some incredible dogs to consistently treat bear. Just Absolutely. like what he's talking, what he's saying is not normal. Right. I mean, what him saying that for the last, all these years, y'all never had trouble catching bears. You know, what he's saying is that these dogs are doing a good job. And then the other side of that equation is that just because you got dogs that can catch a bear doesn't mean that you're going to kill bears. You got to have a unit. I mean, they're, uh, these bears aren't just running 500 yards and treeing like our coons do in Arkansas. I mean, these bears are, I said it earlier, black bear is arguably the hardest big game animal in North America to tree with a, with a dog. I mean, well, some incredible of them won't, stamina. Won't, won't, won't be treed. And the dogs would be obeying them, and them boys would get there, and then they'd be calling you back and say, we're here. They've got it made right here in front of me. I'm looking at the bar. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Uh, either shoot it or or make it move one to other. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, and that's and that's where you've got to have, uh, that's where the physical side of hound hunting comes in is that you get a, a walking bear, as you guys say, one that doesn't want to run up a tree, which mm-hmm. does happen, and you got to get to that bear. And, you know, when it's in season, you gotta, you're gonna, you going to take that bear most of the time mm-hmm. uh, just to end the race, you know. And that might be on well, the backside of the mountain. Actually, I guess we like to kill them better where they've got them caught on the ground and we do treat, really, you really? know, because you get more excitement and more – more thrill out of it really yeah yeah <clears throat> well it's uh it's a pretty uh it's a pretty incredible pretty incredible thing and it's a unique you know there's a unique social structure that happens inside of like what i see coming from the outside in looking at you guys i mean uh just the relationships that that you guys have and i mean if you go bear hunting with you you see what it's all about i mean from daylight till dark how many days a year are you guys together and you're working together to accomplish a goal and then now scott is is over here every day helping roy with the dogs and stuff now that's a whole nother side of the thing is just keeping dogs year round you know i mean that's a lot of work in and of itself but uh yeah so it's a ton of work it's a ton of work yeah yeah um and, and you know that's something that that all of us at, at some point have, have taken our turn. You know, Scott's taking jobs out on the road, and, and it'd be me or Matthew or whoever. And, and that's the thing that you know we've always uh, took a lot of pride in was the dogs. Uh, yeah. And that's you know we're always talking about catching bears on the ground and Matthew and and uh, um, one of the things that we're always looking out for is protecting those dogs because that's our lifeline. 
You know, yeah. there is no bear hunting for us without that pack of dogs. So yeah. uh, one of the most important things to us when we go into one of those bears is, is watching out for them and, and doing doing our job to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's our main priority is the dogs first, then whatever comes out of that, you know, we we handle it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure the dogs are tied up before any bears are shot out of trees and, you know. Right. All that stuff, so. Yeah. If we ain't got them dogs, we ain't catching no bird. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mr. Roy, why don't you tell me about when you, well, how your dad, well, just your first memories of bear hunting, uh, of, of well, going I back in the mountains. Alvin David right there hunted with us, or how old are you, Al? 54. 54 years ever since he's been big enough to go. Mm. And his daddy hunted with us. And his daddy, like my daddy, like Josh, likes me. His daddy did. Yeah. And uh, and he hunted. And we went to school together up here. And, and it's in there somewhere. I've got a valentine's card in there that he sent me when we was about in the fourth grade i think and on that valentine's card he sent me he said we bear hunters ain't we roy that was his dad <laughs> alvin david's dad yeah his dad he said we bear hunters aren't we, we bear roy? hunters buddy <laughs> 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 now what grade would you how old would you have been we was in the fourth grade so ever ever when that was how long ago would that so be? About, there, about nine years old, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine, something like that. So you stuck with you went ahead and just stuck with that identity, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His daddy sort of left us, coming and went some. He's back now. Maybe he'll stay. But that boy right there ain't never fired a day, buddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I'm glad of it too. Yep. That that just shows you, Clay, what it, I mean. It means to us. You right. know, it, it's uh, it's beyond just uh, going out yeah. and having a big time hunting. Yeah. It's uh, beyond just uh, um, a group of guys here hanging out in in Roy's house. You know, yeah. it, it's our life. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, something we've all grown up doing all the way back through, and it's just uh, it's a bond. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Son, he won't leave you, buddy. He won't leave you out there. I don't care how long yesterday. Yeah. Leave you or the dogs. He'd be, he'd be the last one to come. He'd be the last one there helping you get the last dog up. Well, you know, I've hunted with you guys for three days of the last 68 years this guy's been bear hunting. And the one time we had to fetch dogs after dark, he he went. I knew that. Yep. So, yeah. We've spent a long night in the, in the truck together and, and uh, stayed all night and freezing cold and, and whatever. We, we yeah. stay there with those dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, uh, Mr. Roy, the, uh, the, the original question was, uh, 
your first memories of bear hunting with your and, and then you started talking about Alvin David, but when you were so you, when you were in el- elementary school, that's when your now your dad had dogs before you were born. Yeah, but yeah, you but remember going with too. your grandpa, and they hunted with Britt or Britt hunted with them, and uh, yeah, Mister Britt's here. Mister Britt's eighty-eight. Are you eighty-eight, Mister Britt? Eighty-eight years old. He's a YouTube star. YouTube star. Britt's a YouTube star. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But. Uh, I can, my best days of uh, personal remembering is getting to, if you, if I'd get up, they would run off and leave me if I couldn't wake up. But if I'd wake up and get up and stuff, they'd let me go some. And my grandpa had his leg broke twice and he couldn't get around too good. So I got to stay with him and, and I didn't care what they done. As long as I was with him, I was in safekeeping. Yeah. Uh, then I got a how, little, how did he break his leg? Uh, log, logging. Logging accident. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think, I ain't sure both times, but I know one time that uh, loading logs and one come back and caught him and mm. broke it. I don't know if that's the way he got it broke both times or not. Mm. But uh, I'd stay with him, and then sometimes he'd get, he didn't care for me being there much, and he didn't say much. But if if my cousin like Bob and and if like Emmer's going and chipper, and there's a guy that he worked with down in North South Carolina, and he had two boys, and if they if he had to watch about five of them, of us, then he'd get sort of teed off. Mm-hmm. And he'd tell them he wasn't going to babysit no more <laughs> 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 and stuff. But I could make it with him good. But then come a d- time when we'd go over there on a 12-mile strip or walking through the woods or, or trying to find a fire track and, and wouldn't have enough people to lead dogs. And and I, Daddy'd make me get Rambler, which was a trail dog. And he was pretty good till he smelled a bear. Then when he smelled a bear, you couldn't do nothing with him in. But he'd make me lead him out in front of him and us walking through the woods. And uh, and if he smelled a bear, about the only way I could stop him to wrap a lead drop around a tree or something. <laughs> and and then, but even if Daddy found a bear, or if we found a bear, say he was leading on a bear or something, and, uh, and he'd tie him up right here. I'd had to stay there with him, and he'd go down through there trying to see which way it went for sure. And then he'd holler back for me to bring a dog to him. And I knowed what was going to happen as soon as I <laughs> took him loose, yeah. that he was going to take me down through there just like a sled runner. And, <laughs> um, and, and, and I only hope I had, but I couldn't turn him loose because Daddy would he, worked me over if I'd turned him loose. So I'd hold on to him. And the only hope I had was when I got to Daddy that he grabbed the dog lead and, <laughs> and caught him in all. <laughs> and uh, one time I told my grandpa, and I, uh, cause, and I was scared some too, I guess, about six year old probably. And I got off of one of them the ordeals, and and I told Pappy, I said, I'm telling you right now, Pappy. The next time I come a bear hunting, 
I'll be big enough to tell anybody that I ain't leading their dogs for. Now you got he used to camp. Tell tell us how you camped back then. Well, he had a he had a an old log truck, and and we'd load that log truck down with dogs and food and tarpaulin and all the stuff we needed to hunt with, and we'd go to Twelve Mile Strip, go in over at uh, uh, Oliver and Leith's, and go into Dick's Branch and. Take it back in there to to Dick's Branch, and set it up back there to uh, uh, tie the dogs up and fix the back of it to sleep in, and put a tarpaulin over the bed of it, and let the tarpaulin come out over the side of it, and put the Coleman stove and stuff under there to cook on and stuff, and walk and hunt mm. from there and stuff. What time of year would you did y'all do that? Well, it always opened. The closest Monday to the 15th of October has been North Carolina just about ever since I can remember, don't you think? Yep, it yep. might have opened the 1st of October years ago when I was a little, ain't sure. But for years and years, it's so been. So that was in North Carolina? That's in North Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a few miles from here, though. Yeah, just you, a few miles You can miles see from here. the mountains off your front porch are, is the North Carolina border. That's right. That right. But if you go up the gorge. Yeah. And before you get to the rest area and you look over there to the right, over on that side, that's right there. That's yeah. what it's at. Okay. So how long would y'all how long would y'all hunt? You, 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 he had about Daddy stayed open like six weeks and what time he stayed drunk was a right smart. But uh we stayed and hunted about the whole time. Really? That uh, it was open. Now I'm sure I had to go to school when it's school time and stuff. But we done a right smarter hunting. Yeah. And he done a right smarter drink. Sleeping? Did you uh, <laughs> sleep in the the hay? Did you bring hay oh, to sleep yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. We put that down in there. Hmm. Uh, Britt's been in on some of that. Yeah. Did Mister Britt hunt with you back then? Now yeah, I know he didn't yeah. drink. Well, it wasn't past every once in a while. I wouldn't say that now. <laughs> not much. I'll say this, not much. But now when he got that way, buddy, he is a happy man. <laughs> so those that was your do you, now do you really remember much about the hunting back I mean, do you remember the Y'all, back then there weren't many bears. I remember this right here, and I guess to tell you the truth, it was probably, uh, I guess, more than likely, it's probably the only bear Pappy killed, probably. And we was over there, and them dogs was up with it, and I was little, really, I don't know how old, but I wasn't big. I was scared to death, buddy. And mm-hmm. here's coming that bear right up towards us, and that bear was a coming. I don't know if Britt was over hunting that day or not. And it was a coming up to the road, and we was a past a sand beach down there, that big curve, and down through there, and the power lines off down here, and here, and Val Grooms was a following that bear, and and here me and Pappy was in the road, and here that bear was a coming to the road, and Pappy uh, killed it, and maybe the only bear he ever killed, but he killed it, and. Uh, 
I was wanting to climb a tree, buddy. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> I was wanting to get out of the way. But anyway, uh, he got it killed, and Val come on up there. And then they told after that about Pappy. I think he had a hand in that. But if he didn't, I know him and Everett Gant and some of them probably had the hand in, in into it. Said when they got around there where Pappy was at, that he was laying in a road, and he kicked a big hole out in the road over there and where he'd scared him so bad he'd passed out and kicked a big <laughs> hole in the road and said he looked up at him and said, Bye. <laughs> now, Pappy didn't like that too good, did he? No, he didn't like that too good. Britt says no, he didn't. Now, was that the bear he killed that scared him? Yeah, the him? bear he killed. Now, were you standing there with him? Mm-hmm. So he scared passed out? Death. No. They just told that that on him. They just told that on him. Oh, they just told it on him. Okay. Okay. Uh, No, he didn't do nothing. Okay, okay. I get it now. I get it now. I don't know if that's the only one he ever killed or not, Brian. I don't know. No. But Brian killed one right up here in the gap. And actually... That bear come down through there, and we was trying to follow it down the creek, and his daddy was with daddy, and Rit, I believe Rit's me and Chip daddy. was together, huh? Oh, Al's Alvin daddy, David's, okay. Daddy, Floyd Ray, and daddy, and, and they come down the creek, and me and Chipper, we come off in there somewhere or another, but Britt was in a Jeep, and the bear come down there and went up, and went up, uh, Sail bed went across through the campground there and up that way and, and up sail bed. Well, Britt went through the creek down there. There water still running in the creek, and we got down there where he'd knocked it so dry. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and them old Jeeps we had had that four-wheel drive stick and, and stuff, you know, and, and the rubber would be broke from it. You know, and it'd just be a hole you could just see down to the ground. I see. Well, we got some of them. We got two radios. They had a white-faced Johnson and a black-faced Johnson. Had all them holes. You could see all the tubes in it. All them holes you looked in and see the tubes in there. But when they'd run through them creeks and splatter that water up on them, hit them tubes, and it'd blow them out. Mm. And then they'd have to go over to Charlie McGay's over here, and, and he had stuff to fix it with. I don't know where he got, but... And anyhow, he'd done so much stuff in the Army, and he'd put them tubes and stuff back in them radios. But now, it's hard to keep them radios working. Hmm. But anyway, he got up there, and when he got up there, <coughs> he caught that bear and had it down. And and he was trying to hold on and bite laurel bushes, and the dogs were pulling it backwards down through there and hit a biting on them laurel bushes till he stuck a gun against it and killed it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you want to add anything to that? <laughs> now, Brenda was going to have us all hold up our left hands to swear that the truth was being told. Is that right, Miss Brenda? <laughs> uh, and Ed and our dad. He'd go with Daddy uh, right smart uh, when he was younger. And then he actually, I give you the Ed bitch, didn't I? 
I give him a dog. I actually might have given him two dogs. Did you have two dogs down there? Did you have a quarter bitch down there too or just a bitch? But anyway. Some questions he, to the live audience out here. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he kept her there and then he got big enough to court and big enough to run around and stuff and and I got her back, I guess, and uh, and uh, now he's come back around pretty solid here since he's got a little older. <laughs> so now tell me how your dad got into plots. So now we've established that you've been hunting your whole life, but I guess it's a step well, back. To- well, if you went back to the first start of what I know, it was uh, Ken Hope which was a sheriff of Cock County, lived right across the road from us down here. And and uh, now this is before I was born. Uh, stuff I'm, Some of the stuff I'm talking about now was before mm-hmm. I was born. And, and like, he was good friends with Daddy and Pappy, and they was good friends with Hollis Sutton, which lived on Mount Sterling over here. And, and, and actually, the sheriff of... Some county in North Carolina, I don't know exactly which county, Goldie Ferguson, he was a sheriff up there. And through Ken Holt and Goldie Ferguson, uh, being sheriff in two different states, but border counties, right. it's like. And uh, somewhere or another, they got plot dogs. Uh, like where they're pretty hard to get, but I mean, uh, they had plot dogs. And, and and Ken had them. Well, my grandpa had one, and his name was Smokey. You probably remember him, Brad? Smokey that Pappy had? But anyway, he was a coon dog. I don't know how good he'd done on a bear. But but he would, you could take him up and look up a coon, which there wasn't a lot of coons. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just lucky to get after a coon. Mm-hmm. But if that sucker went up a branch, he's going to strike. Mm. If he went up that branch. Well, then that come on up with a few plots. And Daddy had a little old plot that Ken had given him, I reckon. And he called him Rock, which they run over him. Daddy run over him, didn't he, Brett? Did Daddy run over Rock? That plot dog that he had. Anyway, he... Uh, and then when Charles Gant come along, and we had them plots and stuff, different dogs too... Uh, had a, two high uh, Iredales and high black and tan that Britt and Daddy bought from somebody in Newport, and um, but uh, Charles can't come to Daddy's, and that's say when I was little, mm-hmm. uh, and. I guess big enough to remember Charles Gant, but not enough to know nothing, and talk to Daddy, and they got to be friends, and and Charles had a few dogs, and they went to Ohio to get a dog to breed into them dogs. So that was in, a, I'm sure, the early 50s or so. And uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard tell of Benny Moore or not. You ever heard that Mm-mm. name? No. To Benny Moore that hunted against that merchant, that plot dog and that walker dog. No. Hunt off he had. Uh-uh. <clears throat> anyway, uh, they stayed all night with him. He was from Kentucky. And then they went to Ohio and got that dog. 
I think as he come back through, they stopped and stayed all night with him, coming back through, and then come on home. But after Charles Gant started raising them dogs, more or less, that's just sort of what we went to. Because he'd breed dogs and let us have dogs and bring dogs up our first to hunt. And we could get so in. So you it. guys were the boys from the mountains that were that's hunting right. these dogs that's for right. Mr. Gant. Yeah, and he would he'd bring dog feed and everything else. And Britt got dogs off of him. And I'm sure Britt hunted some. It was with Charles's too, didn't he? Mm. And so so that's how we come in, in good friends with Charles Gant and Everett Gant. And they was good to to us and our family mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And I was partial to them dogs and stuff, too, that he yeah. had. So these dogs have still got that in them today, some of it. Yeah. And and actually, some of them, if you went back far enough, would be going right back to just George again, too. Yeah. And some of the dogs before that that he bred, too. Yeah. Um, and then... It come a time that we got the two, no, Britt got an old army jeep, and then Daddy got a 53 or 54 Willis uh, that Daddy got, and and that's what we hunted out of. And and you put, if you put six dogs in each one of them jeeps and put, uh, Three or four of us in a jeep, and uh, it was a load, buddy. And then we there weren't near the bears back then that there no, are now. No, no, but and we some of us had to sit in there the dogs and have fleas all over you and have dogs <laughs> all over you and <laughs> and, uh, and and not have nothing to eat and and get mm-hmm. back in the mountains and be back there all day and. Maybe we'd have some apples in that old jeep and roll around in the dog manure. And some we'd, <laughs> we'd peel the peelings off of them and eat them, buddy. Because hmm. uh, uh, you didn't have nothing. You had to eat something. You didn't have nothing to eat. You might go out today and get fat of bear hunting. But you didn't get fat at the end of bear hunting. Hmm. You're lucky if you could find a bite, buddy. Hmm. Uh, so you hunted, you hunted with your dad all through being a young man and then you you killed your first bear and then you kind of actually daddy was hard to hunt with because he would he wouldn't wait on you or nothing and we'd be little like say lofton or like that, that boy and we'd try to follow him through the woods and stuff he'd just rumple him off and leave you and uh and and he might stop away up yonder and you'd get close enough to see him up yonder and 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 you'd be uh, tarred and out of breath and maybe you'd take a piece of ice and run it across your lips and uh, or a little snow to wet your lips with, they'd crack open and go to bleeding and then by the time you'd see him and get nearly caught up with him, he'd take off again and be gone again. Was he, he a, was he a athletic He, yeah. I mean he was he was a yeah. mountain man. He wasn't uh, no giving up in him. Now, tell about how he used to coon hunt, and they used to have to go find him, or Mr. Britt would have to go. That's bear hunting. Okay. But, could, but now, they they actually tell you the truth. That man right over there, which was my great uncle, uh, coon hunted some, and his brother, which lives over here on top of the hill, coon hunted some. Well, they'd take Daddy one night, one of them would, 
And the next night, the other one would take him. Now, they would leave here and walk plumb across Snowbird, mm. that mountain right there. Right, over the top of Snowbird. And and down the other side and how, come into ma- Harmon Den. <laughs> and come back in here at daylight. Somebody in interpret that for us who doesn't know how tall Snowbird is. Well, it's Snowbird's yeah, 4,000 feet. It's better, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how far is that? Round trip, that's at least 10 or 15 miles. Yeah, yeah easy, least, 10 or 15 easy. miles. And it ain't level, neither. No. <laughs> so he'd take off on foot from, like, right here? Yeah, like right here. Right here. So you got a big creek running up from the house here that goes, and then Snowbird is a big mountain mm-hmm. right you towards North yep. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Coon and then hunt. now what would they – Coon hunt and not catch no coon. <laughs> not even catch coon. <laughs> and they, they would they would pick him up. That's what you mean they would take him. Or, or 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 he would make a loop and come back to the house. No, they'd walk with him in there. Okay, they'd go but, with him. But uh, like he'd go like one night and the other and go the next night. They couldn't make it every night. <laughs> mm. Mm. And now what about when they bear hunted and they'd spend a long time trying to find him out in the mountains? Because there yeah, were no radios, no Britta nothing. Britta'd do that, and that's before we had radios and stuff. And and uh, and if if Daddy took off out of the dogs. And actually, to tell you the truth, he he's done this before. Daddy started in a guff. The, after the the the, the, the guff the is dogs. a place. Yeah. FY. Uh, FY. A gulf. <laughs> for the, for the, it took me about uh, two days to figure out that y'all were saying gulf with an L, like the Gulf of Mexico. Right. right. Got yep. it. The guff. Yep. Got it. Well, okay. He might take off in the guff. Yeah. And then he'd go across Laurel Mountain. Into Boomer Den, up on Round Mountain, through Rattlesnake, and into Wolf Creek, and kill the bear. Mm. And kill the bear. And then Britt had to find him, drive till he found him. And, and, and him not even knowing where to start at, you know, which was, would be a, a tough task. Right. But now Britt had a bitch that started doing this right here. Now, this is what she learned. And them dogs. And pretty good dogs in this this day and time that we were talking about. Uh, he had a bitch that would come backtrack, come back and hunt daddy, and take him to the tree. Mm. Really? That, that's pretty smart, buddy. Mm. Now, I'd say there's a lot of people out here who wouldn't believe that, but that's pretty smart. So dogs would tree, that dog would come back. Hunt daddy. And, and your dad would have been walking on the trail the dogs took because he was following them by hearing. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I right? right? Right. Come back and hunt daddy up and take him to the tree. And then she, once he found him, take him to the tree. She'd done it two or three times. I'll be darned. That's something, man. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. something. <laughs> now, we witnessed him raise his hand and swear, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask yeah. Brit if she's ever... <laughs> See that? Yeah. I got one. She got lies three Mr. times. Britt, Mr. Britt verifies this story. One, two, yeah. three. We have confirmation. Let's get up by three, you know, two. Yeah. We'll level off at two. It's about to be all right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I tell that's you, something. that's pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty smart. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people ain't going to believe it. It's really changed a lot over the years. You, know, you talk about it as a lot of 
searching for a bear track for years because they couldn't find one. They'd hunt yeah. for days without finding a track, and then it become you search for days for Hugh L because he was gone with the bear and the dogs <laughs> yeah. for hours. And then uh, as we grew up, it was we searched high and low and and listened to the beep beep collars and and it was chasing dogs all the time. It was you know we had the bear track, we had the bear running. It was. We got to find all the dogs now, and yeah, you know. So the evolution of bear hunting now is uh, it's more about chasing the bear now, and uh, you know, outsmarting the bear and figuring that part of it out. Yeah. Well, he said he'd be lucky I, to kill four or five bears a year. I years guess, ago, you know, back in the early days, uh, Daddy killed one up here in the Gulf when I was three, and Daddy and Frick killed one, and Bill Beagle. And I probably, that must have skipped about three years because I believe I was probably, yeah. He said but, they've hunted all year at different times, Mr. Britt did, and never found a track to run. But this time. Yeah. yeah. And. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Pappy was a babysitting. Yeah. And Britt and Daddy. <laughs> Britt and Daddy and Bill Bigham had went up through there and them dogs were running up middle prong. Come up across the road and just went up in our Matthew and treed on the side of that hill up there. Right. One, you know, going up toward the Buckeye, somewhere in that country. Yeah. Well, we were sitting down there at the Bradley's Yaks. We didn't know what was going on. And Britt and Daddy and Bill <laughs> goes up through there. They go up there. And when they get up there, Britt's out of breath, so he flops his tail down. Those two feet up on the tree... He told you how to coon tree. Uh, yeah. And uh, and Daddy shines that light up there, and right up there sticking above him was that bear. <laughs> <laughs> so Daddy said he'd come up out of there, buddy. <laughs> and, and and Daddy shot that bear, and they never could find where they hit it at with a punk ball. It killed him. Oh, yeah. But I think Britt and Daddy thinks they scared him to death. <laughs> <laughs> scared him to death. <laughs> uh, but I think what happened, Matthew, was I, th I think what really happened was the pumpkin ball hit the teeth. Yeah. And it must have slid or something off of one of them, and it must have went in its brain and killed it. Yeah. Well, now, what do you mean when you say pumpkin ball? Um, uh, a slug. muzzleloader? A oh, slug. Okay. okay, okay. Oh, out of a shotgun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well. <laughs> pumpkin balls. Okay. Yeah. Here, come, here come Bill. He had not never made it to the tree. And Britt and Daddy's up there, and Bill Bigham hadn't ever made the tree. And, uh, and they shot it, and here come fire dogs and Britt and Daddy all down the side of the mountain just <laughs> rolling, buddy. End over end, down through there, and I'm a hollering, Bill, it's a coming towards you, and it's a coming towards you. They said that flashlight went around the side of the hill. <laughs> Shaking. <laughs> giving it that, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, here they come back down there where we was at. And... Fake Coggins was with us, too, and him pappies are drinking. And uh, and they come up there to the, to the Jeep, and and Pappy said, what did you kill? Coon, we killed a bear. 
Pappy said, I'll eat it higher and all if you just kill them higher. They <laughs> <laughs> said, you better get ready to start eating. <laughs> better get ready to start I'll eating. I'll eat it higher and all if you kill yeah, the bear. Yeah, and they had. They killed that bear and brought it down. There. And then after he, they, he'd seen it and done that, he said, I'll tell you right now, don't ask me to babysit no more. I'll keep him up our words. So, okay, I'm trying to – y'all, you guys help me stay on the timeline here. So we're still – we're still here back when uh, you were just a boy hunting with your dad. Well, so when did you start breeding dogs and, and hunting on your own as an adult? Well, Daddy never would breed no dogs. He just, I mean, Charles Gant bred the dogs, and, 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 and they got all the dogs they needed from Charles and back and forth, whatever, and Charles come get what dogs he wanted back and, to raise pups from and all that stuff so it just went back and forth like that right there so he never did well i'm gonna say that i was me and her was married probably before i started racing dogs huh when you got out of the service because uh i had burned little joe and and uh then when I come back home out of service, uh, I actually, Charles Gant called me on the bitch I had. Actually, Britt had the bitch. And he gave me his dog, so he sort of quit hunting. And and uh, and he gave me what he had. And I and, and there's one of them that Charles Gant wanted. So Charles Gant had bought this Walker, Walker dog, coon dog. The guy had paid $500 for him. And he had, uh, that's a right smart of money that long yeah. ago. And uh, and him and his wife had got a divorce, and he quit hunting and stuff, and he wanted to sell him. Well, he, Charles wouldn't buy him. Charles never would buy him. And he finally come down to about $50 on him, and Charles went ahead and bought him. But the day he brought him home, Charles again, he called me. He said, come and get this dog. He, he didn't buy it to keep it. He, he, he wasn't going to keep it. He, he, he was like old Dillingham. He wouldn't have nothing but a plot. So he gave him to me, but I give him that bitch too that that he was wanting. And, um, and, and that was a walker dog. Yeah. And that's probably the first gang of pups I ever raised. May have been. It was from out of Walker and Junior Hill of our William Roy's dad-in-law. He had a a Walker bitch, a registered bitch, and this dog was registered. That dog was out, that bitch he had is out of a world champion. He paid three hundred dollars for her when she was a puppy. He told me I could bring her over here and raise a gang of pups out of her if I wanted to. Well, I did, and raised them pups. And out of them pups, I got to be as good a bear dog as ever walked. Hmm. Out of them pups, I had a a good one. The female, she was a good one, but the male was extra good. Mm. And uh, that the old man, yeah, and that made me sort of like Walker's because he done so good. And and I tried to get some more, but that never happened. Nothing like what he was. Yeah. But now he was a dog that you turn on a fire here and run it all day long. All day, and run every dog you turn loose out out of the woods. Gather up all them dogs, 
take them back, pack them to the old walker. End of the day, nothing be with him. He'd still be after the bear. Mm. Leave him out of a night. Not get the bear killed and leave him out of a night. He'd come in to Reed Cooks over there. And Reed was pretty tight, but he'd give him a little bit of cornbread and stuff and take him right back the next day, do the same thing again. Mm. He was a tough sucker now, buddy. Mm. But what, what got you back onto the plots? I never could come up with nothing else to can even compare with him. And I raised another gang of walkers, but they didn't do what he done. And and actually, my little bitch, Britt, that old cattle truck he had, International had that cattle rack on it, and you couldn't keep her tied up unless you had a choke chain on her. She'd slip every collar. You could put two collars on her and make it pretty good with her. So here I did come. she come in heat. I loaded her in her truck and around her to house. Stopped and went in to use the bathroom, come back outside. She'd climbed over the truck, hung herself dead as a mackerel. Mm-hmm. Dead as a mackerel. Hmm. That That's was the, the end, end of the, the walkers. walkers. And so that was back to Charles and the plots. Right. And then I guess, well, I'll let you say that Leroy's, they didn't come no better than he was. I don't care. And, I, you know, I've come over the years. Actually, I've trailed out Brit had right there. Run anything, it's in the woods till he's about five or six year old. And then that sucker quit. And wouldn't run nothing but a bear. I'll tell you something else smart about a dog. You'll find this hard to believe, and a lot of people won't believe you. It could be in the road right here. Dogs could be a running right down here. If there's a running a bear, son, he'd go to them like a bullet. If they was a running junk, you couldn't pry him out of the road. Mm. Now, how'd he know that? So you're saying without him smelling what they were doing. Without running, him smelling anything. He could just tell. Tell say what he just said, they couldn't hear it. Well, they left they left him over there in Green County, where you're going. Yeah. Over there where you're going tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, next to uh Tracy's. Mm-hmm. And that mountain over there in them rock cliffs. Mm. They left him over there. And the next day he was home here. Mm. From over there. 40 miles. At least. Wow. Now, which dog is this? That dog that Britt had. Okay, this, this is one of the plots. Well, let me tell you something else about how smart he was. Now, this is something else you won't want to believe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't give Does me Brenda leave. believe it? That's what I want to know, if Miss Brenda believes Brenda it. Brenda's seen it, whether she believes Brenda it or not. Saw it. <laughs> Brenda's seen it. <laughs> uh, Brenda's gone to get a Bible, they say. <laughs> I don't care. I'll put my hand on it. Uh, he wouldn't give me Nick. But he said, you can hunt him all you want to. You just leave him here at the house. Come and get him when you want to go hunting. And do that right there because you wanted to keep him. Well, when it come fall of the year, time to bear hunt, that sucker would show up at Daddy's or show up at my house. You didn't have to go get him. Mm. He knew when it's time when to go. He, time time to to go. He, knew, he just knew when it was time to go, huh? That's yeah. something, buddy. That is something. So he, yeah. the dog just ran loose. Yeah, on the last, he let him just run loose up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But he didn't roam all over the country and stuff. But now when it come hunting time, 
He's, re- he's going hunting somewhere. <laughs> but now it's hard to, to believe it. You'd think a dog could, be- could know that. Well, think. I mean, a, a bear knows when the acorns are falling up in a certain spot That's and goes right. there during the, that time I'm of year. I'm going to tell you something stuff. right now. We're, we're they, convinced they know where the lines are. They're smarter dogs. <laughs> yeah. They're smarter dogs out here than you think they are. Mm-hmm. And a smartin' is a good buddy. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it it's just hard to... And and actually, some of them dogs, a bunch of them, it's it better than some hunters is. Oh, yeah. And some oh, hunters yeah. I even know. Oh, yeah. And, and you can take uh, them dogs, and you can watch them dogs. It is good. And you can learn. If you can learn anything... You can learn something on self from just watching a good dog work and watch mm-hmm. what it does and mm-hmm. stuff. You can learn. You can learn your own self something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure can. Yeah. yeah but, I, th- I think Roy enjoys that half as much as as anything is even a bear that uh that we don't necessarily kill or, or even get jumped. He just wants to know where it went. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I he, never did like to not know where it went to. It always bothered me. But now, what, what what trend would you say? Because you guys do have a like, you know, I'm a bear hunter, but I'm not hunting with hounds as much as you guys. I don't know where a bear goes. I know where I kill him, or I know where I get a trail camera picture of him. What what would be the trend of bear travel patterns in these mountains? And, and I guess it's when they're being pursued with dogs. Well, it don't I mean, matter they, if they're run by dogs or if they're on their own or whatever, unless they're just uh, roaming around right. In here, uh, 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 eating, uh, uh, feeding, you know, and they're right. maybe around and around. But if they're traveling and they're moving, they're going to go on the contour of the mountain. If you've got a GPS and you watch, and it may, it may, it's going to stay on the contour of that mountain. Now, when you say the contour, what do you mean? Like the like to, like topographic line. Like, like the high point on yeah. a ridge? Yeah. Well, like you'll see it here, and it'll go, and that, that may grade up to the top. Towards the top, but he'll stay on that line, yeah, and go on that line. All right, say they get heat on it, and it drops down a, a line or two, and he'll still fall right back in that uh, line down there and start grading that line through there. Mm. And that's everyone bad I've ever seen. Now I'm trying to understand, but what but topographic they, they feature exactly, is that? They know exactly how to grade them contours to hit through them gaps. And just if they're traveling, I'm saying and go the easiest way, and just right on through yeah. them gaps and through Giner, and they'll go on an easy way to walk. So they'll they'll hit a gap on a mountain. Yeah, they ain't gonna climb straight up and down now. Right now, will they will they go down in a deep valley and just straight up the other side of a ridge and go down up and down? They don't want to. They don't want to. They, do they, that. They'll head a they hollow. They go around yeah. the side. So yeah. you got these lines, big big fingers coming off these big mountains. Mm-hmm. And they'll okay. That's what you mean. Okay, now I understand. They'll they'll run. You'll see them with the contour. That, with the yeah. contour. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it, yeah, and yeah, it's like cool. level time when they do that. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, and some of them grade up, and some of them go level around through here. Yeah. And they'll go rain plumb around that mountain. Do they do they run circles? Well, they might. I mean, like well, if you ran a bear for you'll see more smallers run the circle. I tell you when you'll see them hit a circle too. You'll see them hit a circle when they start about catching them. And, and even if it's a decent bear, maybe not big enough to just stay, stop, and want to fight the dog, but still want to outrun them. 
if he starts making smaller circles, it ain't going to be long till he's bowled up on the ground or he's up a bush one to other. Yeah. Mm. When you mm. see that. Mm. But now that ain't saying a little Bidian won't do that. A little Bidian does everything. I well, mean, around and around and over top of their shelf and everything. What else. about where you're jumping yeah. bears? Like, so you guys are rigging bears, which means the dogs are in the back of the truck hunting while you're yep. driving, number one. And then number two, you're looking for tracks along the side of the road in leafy terrain. It's not like anybody's seeing a sure enough bear track in the dirt. I mean, you're looking for scuff marks in the ditch or where these bears are going up banks crossing the road. Do they cross in the low spots? Do they cross down on the creeks? Do they where where do, do you find most bear tracks? I'm gonna tell you something about that. That is something that you don't know where you'll find it. But I can take you right over yonder where they worked on the road. And where it's already a bad crossing, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh steep crossing. Steep crossing before they worked on the road. They made it straight up and down. And them buyers still come across that road. Okay, so you're there's a there's highway work over here, and you're saying they uh, instead of going right exca- down here, they, they cut the bank. They excavated yep, the bank, they cut the bank in a yep. natural bear travel yep. area. And instead of going down here and up the gully, up the holler, where it'd be real easy, they still climb and slide off that bank mm. straight up and down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's so it would be easy for them to go down 200 yards. They wouldn't even cross. Yeah, sometimes they wouldn't even have to go that. They wouldn't have to go 50 yards over at that, at that one place, would they? Nope. Now, what's unique about that crossing, though? What's making them want to go there? Well, probably an acres, too. It's just a crossing between coming out of the Gulf and the mountains and going towards uh, Johns Creek, Lower Fork, and that country back and forth. Yeah. And 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 it's just a a crossing firm to work through and feed through and stuff. Yeah. Do you so when you're hunting these places around here that y'all hunt every year? I mean, are you striking bears in the same place, or am I hearing you general say that area. you general area? Yeah, general area. But yeah. like in a half mile stretch well, of road, it could be hole, anywhere. Yeah, they could be. But as a whole, if we go to the gov and you run a bear, it's wanting to go to the refuge. If it's below the road, nine chances out of ten, it's going to try local storm branch. I mean, that's just, and it, I ain't seeing the same path every time, but that general area, yeah, you know, that's where and it's it's got, I ain't saying one couldn't cross anywhere. Couple hundred but that's yards the stretch. Other, that's okay. the area it's going to shoot for. Yeah. And then you go up here on the Browns Gap Road, and you bring one through there on one of them angles, and it's coming towards Locust Thorn. And if you ain't got that road line, it's hard to line it up good enough because it goes around a bend this way and then down through here. But now they're going to come right through there and grade right through Bubba Bob Fields and go to the refuge too that way. And and they're hard to block up there, ain't they? They're hard to block. Yep. Hmm. And, and, and you, it's hard to actually tell you the truth. We do a decent job, but we've been doing it for years up there. Uh, say it's a slick rock where they want to cross. Well, we'll take the middle vehicle and say it stays right even with the dogs. And then uh, half of the vehicles be in front of you up to Yanner, half the vehicles behind you, and 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 you pretty well turn a lot of buyer that way. Let me, let me stop you right there because people wouldn't know unless they'd been there. So these dogs are 
Explain it, Josh. Why why you're trying to turn it, right? Well, I mean, even so, just yeah. what that means. People might not even know what it means to turn a bear race or why you would want to turn it. Yeah, so so we're chasing a bear in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a country that, that we're allowed to be hunting in. Uh, right. So it's it's open season there. And the bear, we were talking a few minutes ago, they're smart. They know where big country is and where that big country's at is it's off limits. We're not allowed to be it's hunting. Bear sanctuary. Bear, bear sanctuary, yeah. Which is an area that's uh, been designated. It's national forest, but you yep. can't hunt there. No bear yeah. hunting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so the bear, as the dogs get it up and, and running, its goal is to try to survive and to get away from them. And, and it it's just knows. It knows. Where to go. If it can get there, it's safe. <laughs> yep. Safe, yeah. It, it, yep. It's bred into them. Yep. Just like yep. you breed something into these dogs here. Really? To yeah. get back into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's where they're going to head every time. And, and Roy's talking about there with Locust Thorn or Browns Gap or some Bob Field, some of those areas. That's the low points in the contours of the land, and that's where they're shooting for. That's the easiest way, the path of least resistance. Yeah. And that's you know where we take our job is to – cut them off and, and head them off in those and so areas. if you hear a bear race coming up the hollow about to cross the road get into the bear you sanctuary better be if you yeah if you if you got your truck there and you got two or three guys standing on the road that bear will it'll sense that smell it smell you hear see you, you hear you anything and, and turn turn the but race that ain't the last time it'll turn no. It'll it, probably chase right down through yonder, and right down yonder, he'll be right back to the road hey, to go. Well, you, re, you remember when I chased yeah, that I bear? Yeah, that bear, that bear was coming up the hall, and I just happened to be the only guy down there, and and I was running, and I would hear the bear running in the woods, mm-hmm. and I'd peek over the edge, and it would see me, and it would <laughs> jump off down and run, and I'd just run with it. And it would be trying to come back up to yep. cross the road again. And, you know, I, I, I could only do that for so long before it finally. You when, was, when they got the no, line you made finally up. turned it down because R.L. turned that dog or two loose over there come on ice end. And down Brown's Creek it went. Yeah. So it, it, you finally got it turned. <laughs> but uh, we were running out through there, and he'd say, you hear it? I hear something. You hear yeah. it? I couldn't hear nothing. Couldn't hear nothing. <laughs> and he said, I heard it. And I thought to myself, well, he just thinks he's hearing something. <laughs> and, uh, so believe you. I couldn't stay Boy. up with him. I couldn't stay up with him out too darn directly. Holler, I see the power. See, see the, the power. <laughs> yeah, when they get their mind made up, that that's all that's on their so, mind. So basically, you guys have kind of an area that you're hunting. And you're trying to, if you can't kill the bear... Uh, you know, if it's during kill season, obviously, you're trying to turn this bear and keep it in this big area that right. you're hunting. And you need big areas to run these bears. I yeah. mean, we're not talking oh, about a 15 thousand You wouldn't believe how much ground a bear can cover. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, they can cover ground, buddy. Yeah. Now, and you, it's hard to believe how much ground a dog can cover. Yeah. Now, uh, it, it, it's hard to believe that stuff, buddy. And you well, know, too, wherever we go hunting, there's them areas, you know, that them bears try to get into. Even we go to Canada. That you don't want them in. I mean, there's a park there close to where we hunt at, and they'll there's a road just like in the Gulf that we try to keep them cut off. You know, they try to get back in that park, but you know, yeah. everywhere you go, them bears sense them areas. You know, and they they yeah. try to get back yeah. on them. Yeah, down down on the coast, it's the river, it's uh, the swamps. Yeah. You know, it's it's the roughest area that they possibly know is around. That's where they want to go. That's where they retreat. To. That's it. Right. And it's, it? a, it's a retreat at that point. Yeah. You want these things? <laughs> yep. It's uh, and and that's the that's the game side of it. You know, yeah. is to try to outsmart them. That's where these guys, the the Roy's and the 
the Brits and the old timers that know the the way the bears run and where they're heading to have educated well, us and taught us on how to and, do that. And that's that's a good question that I have for you is is what does it take? I wouldn't have understood this until I saw it in action, but you would think that if you had this great pack of dogs, you just find a bear, turn them loose, the dogs run the bear, tree it, and you go kill the bear. Now you it's could, nothing like that most could, of the time. You could Sound, do sounds that. easy. <laughs> you could do that if you hunted in an area where there wasn't no. Well, you had limits. no limitations. Okay, that's a good way to say it. So it wouldn't be you wouldn't have to be doing that if you if you didn't have a and there's always some reason why you can't go too far that way. Or, well, or, or maybe it's a highway. If you right. let them yeah. get across the yeah. road yeah. up there, you're looking at. I-40's the next stop. Right. And they don't live on that road. They, yeah. you, they ain't going to make it if they come yeah. out on it. Yeah. The bear ain't going to make it. Yeah. And the dog and so, sure ain't. So that's where you're talking about, uh, you know, you were talking about the team that the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters are. Uh, you know, these guys have been hunting these mountains for 60 years. But then you guys are – I've ridden with Josh before <laughs> going on a bear race. Yeah, and uh, it'll make your knuckles turn white. Uh, but so you're getting to these crossings. You're 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 putting new dogs in. Yep. what they call packing dogs. Mm-hmm. So if uh-huh. there's a a race that's just across the road, or if the if you can hear a race down below you, right? And and it, if you turn out seven or eight dogs or five dogs or however many, not all those dogs are going to be on that bear. Some of the dogs are going to have. Fall got out. turned around, yep. turned fallen around. out. Yep. Yeah, and so maybe there's only two dogs on that bear, and, and this is stuff people we, don't understand. We actually don't have a big problem of what you're saying. Okay, okay. Uh, we don't actually have that problem. No, we right. actually tell you the truth. Now, I ain't saying something can't happen, but it's a hole, and you take a pack of them dogs down out of the good ones, you turn them loose on the bear, and they tree it, they bay it on the ground. And when you kill that bear, unless something's hurt, you're going to load every one of them dogs up and be ready to come to the house. You don't have to hunt nor look nor nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, well, I ain't and that's talking ideal. about young ones and, and some that ain't plumb trained, but them good ones down there, you don't have to hunt them dogs. Yeah. They'll be there. They'll be there. And, and that's come with a lot of, uh, you know, to your point earlier about the hunters helping the dogs and the dogs helping the hunters, us putting them in good positions and getting them in on the bear the right way. And uh, to your point, a lot can go wrong between yeah, turning I, loose on it, jumping it, and getting they, it killed. There's a lot in packing dogs. Right. You know, I mean, if you run up here and the dog just gone 15, 20 minutes through yonder, and then they'll just pack the shit out of them. We don't pack our dogs like that. Hmm. We, you pack them dogs down there. You better not pack them at per behind them dogs, had you, Matthew. No, you're just they won't, you're just, just wasting, wasting them. They won't be there. Let's just train. I mean, they'll just yeah. keep it getting further behind. Yeah. These back here that you pack will keep it getting further behind these up here. Right. You better yeah. get them up by where they're at. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying if the dogs, because on these GPS, you can tell where the dogs cross the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. We don't pull no stuff of going and putting dogs behind dogs that's been gone through you in a while. We don't do none of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're just all you're doing dog. is just wiring your dog out when yeah. you do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I think that puts a lot of context around what it means to be a, an effective hunter for the area that you're at. You, you, you couldn't like what if think about going blind into this area, having never hunted it 
I mean, that would be you guys. I mean, you you learn where these bears run and, mm-hmm. and how to do things, and you do that everywhere you go. Uh, I mean, you guys hunt on the coast of North Carolina. You hunt in Canada. You hunt Wisconsin. Well, I tell yeah. you what, I uh, we started with no radios. Then we got them two that's telling you about in the vehicle. Then we got one that weighed about. 12 or 13 pounds, you put around your neck, and it was like a some kind of weight you had on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you could talk on them and, and stuff. And then we kept coming with a little bit better radios and a little bit better. And then when they got into the transistor radios, they lightened up a big-time boy. And you could handle them. Then when they come, we got up to these radios we use now, it was just a completely different, uh, different thing, you know. Right. Uh, and uh, then you uh, go back to the tracking collars. Before we had tracking collars, and you had to follow the dogs. Then you come up with tracking collars, uh, which helped, we thought was a real deal, and it was. And then they come up with these uh, GPS collars, and then they was a was sure enough the real deal and then they come up with better uh, gps collars and they just got better and better but by the time you get up here and it and if it wasn't for these boys right here of being able to come up here and get these collars and and all this and put it on them dogs and everything there wouldn't be a lot of hunting going on here probably yeah. for me. And and uh, so there's a lot involved in it. And what it used to, you get up and you get your dogs and you go hunting. You didn't have to get nothing. Just mm-hmm. get your dog and go hunting. And now you, you need a, about a separate vehicle to haul all <laughs> equipment you got to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes us yeah. an hour to get ready to go hunt, don't it, Roy? Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine trying to get that many dogs ready. I know how long it takes me to get my two dogs ready when we go coon hunting. <laughs> mm. It's a job now, buddy. What's that, Miss Brenda? Yeah, how many dogs have you got? Now, this is where you got to tell the truth. <laughs> well, I just estimated around 30. 30 dogs. I'd estimated around that. Yeah. But if you ain't got no dogs, you can't hunt. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got to have dogs to hunt. Let's, mm-hmm. let's tell more about those dogs. <laughs> yeah. Do what now, Charles? Clay was wanting to know more about those dogs, some of the, well, some, some of the old you. ones and then some of the ones now that's that's come up through the years. I mean, even as far back, Clay, as I can remember, we've had trail dogs. Daddy had Rambler, which was a good trail dog. Right there's Brid, he'd tell you the same thing. Was a good, and that was years ago. And then uh, Daddy had John, which was a good trail dog. Brit had, uh, uh, and I mean, that trail dogs, dog is your start dog that has a real good cold nose. That's right. So actually, we've had good trail dogs from whether we found a bear track or not. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Lewis Hanner, which his trail dog was a blue tick. And he'd take a, a check line, which is 18 foot long, you know, just one strip of that check line, not the one that comes off of it, but 
a check line. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He put that on that old blue tick, and that sucker never quit pulling. I'm talking about straining a pulling. And he'd go off in them cliffs, do them laurels, get out on his hands and knees, and that dog would pull in every strength it had on him, and he'd let that line go till he'd go out to the end of that check line. Then he'd crawl through them laurels and stuff, just walk right up that check line till he'd get to that old dog and he'd let him go. He'd do it all day long. He'd get mm-hmm. up in under there. And I'd say Bridge seen him do that. And he'd get up under there and lead that sucker and hunt for our track all day long, which we found some sometimes too. But now he done a lot of leading, boy. Uh, he got through that buzzard roof with him. Mm-hmm. And I mean just through the creeks and crannies and stuff and go right through you and they're following that old dog. Hmm. So, so Roy told you about the walker. Has he ever told you about our blue tick? Secret, secret, mm-hmm. secret. Tell us but, about secret. So, so I'll, I'll I'll start the part of it, and then Roy can take it over. So I taught school for a few years, and and I got to start going with Roy in the summertime. Me and Roy and Hoyt Dillingham and Kevin Prophet, we'd go hunt with Doug Woods up in uh, Junior Woods up in Michigan. And Junior had these blue ticks that he always wanted to run against Roy's plots. And Junior would talk up those blue ticks and talk them up and, oh, I'm going to run them against your plots. And we'd come up there and we'd, we'd have our dogs in the summertime not in shape and we'd catch bears and Junior wouldn't be catching bears and then maybe he'd catch a bear too and then we'd keep catching bears. And eventually, lo and behold, a, a litter of pups came along and Junior wanted us to have one of them. So we ended up with one and told Roy, I said, we really going to take one of these blue ticks home? Because all we knew was plots, you know. And uh, so we stashed her in the back hole of the dog box and called her Roy's Laurel Mountain Secret. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember when they come uh, home, they brought her home. I was like, Roy, what, what's this well, here? He, said, he said, this is my secret. So that's why I said she got weapon. her name, <laughs> Secret. I had that Laurel Mountain plots on the back of the R.L. Strug. And uh, and him and Jared wrote in a dust back there and blue ticks. Yeah, That's coming home. That's coming home. But look here, we come home. Now, Jamie ain't never fooled with a dog. None of them. My son. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, he liked that blue tick. Well, I had it down there at the barn. And he started letting it come in the house. And Hudson was, Sterling was little. And he'd let it come in the house and get on the couch. He wouldn't let them others have a light of day, them plots down there. Mm. But now he liked that little old blue tick. And 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 I'm going to say she's probably four months old. And she was pretty nervy, but she thought she was a plot after so long a time. But she'd go over to them plots. <laughs> That's what we told everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm, she'd go over to them dogs, and they'd act like they'd kill her. But she wouldn't give up. She'd just turn her head sideways and lay down on her shoulder, ease right up to them and lick them, and they'd lick her. And so she just could go to every one of them and do whatever she wanted to. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't pay no attention to her. But they had this little horse that they'd weaned up there. Actually, it was getting close to a year old when I miniatures. Mm-hmm. And they brought it down here and put it in the stable, and Jamie was learning it to lead. Well, she was about four months old. So he got that little horse out, 
and it wouldn't go. It wouldn't like leak. So he put that rope around its rear end and he pulled it. He pulled on it so hard that when it went to go, instead of stepping, hit a jump and lunge its feet down the ground like that right there. Well, when it done that the first time, she went to raising cane, buddy, barking at him. The second time it done that lunge and went in the ground, she had it by the end of the nose, buddy. Got a hold of it. Mm. I got a hold of it. <laughs> well, then it went, I went to Canada with her. She's probably, uh, let's see. That would have been in September. She couldn't mm-hmm. have been much old. No. She couldn't have been much old. But she wanted a hold of everything she seen. She was nervy. And she got hurt a whole lot. But now, she finally got scared enough on a buyer till I've seen her uh, on a mean buyer that wanted to run her. I've seen her hush barking by herself. But stand there. And just stand there and look at the bar, but not bar. Oh, really? But she never was a dog that couldn't hardly stand a bar. Right. But now, if she got on a mean bar, she'd dry up, buddy. Hmm. And uh, I've seen her do it on two or three bars. And then the only bar I ever seen her quit was we treat a mean bar in a 300 pounder show, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and that bar up in that tree clay would lay its ears back and pin its ears back like it wanted to get a hold of some of us and hit a. Forty foot high in that tree, mm. and uh, so we didn't kill it. We should have, but we didn't, and we got the dogs off of it. Wound up having to have one dog put down, and a bunch more got hurt on it. But she she didn't make it. She got messed up up at Match Patch. She didn't make it to the tree. Well, some way or another, she got straightened out on it, and she come on in there, and we was done leaving the tree when she done that. So she come, went right up by us, and right on up after the tree, she went and went to tree. Bar was done gone. Bar was mm. done gone, but she treated a little bit, and she didn't do that long till she cut out and went on the bar. Well, I told them boys, I said, I know exactly where to cross that in the gap. I said, she takes it right across through there and down the other side, and I know where to cross that. We put right back on it over there. So we come out of there, but before we got out of there, she went to the stu- to the Appalachian Trail nearly, and I'd say he was running her. She caught up with it probably, and I'd say he was running her till she piled her ass back to us. Mm. That's all one ever seen her come off of, pull mm. them off of. Mm. But uh, then when we went over there and and turned back on it, and it done just what I said, went down that holler we thought it would. Now she stayed that whole race and and got hurt. On it and was there when we killed it. So that secret dog, though, became a really nice dog. Oh, she could trip. Next week, we'll continue on with part two with Roy Clark and the Laurel Mountain Bear Hunters. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked 
or eaten outside. From grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold.